0: Ladies and gentlemen, what can I say about these august men, these titans among rock and rollers, Dave McCulloch's Jude Cars, mine and yours, the band for the future, the 80s or 90s, who knows, You All
1: right, hello, welcome to the official At U2 podcast, episode number five, talking all things U2, including new album news, tour dates, and community discussions from the staff of At U2. Once again, I'm joined by Mr. Matt McGee, owner, hey, proprietor... Chief Bottle Washer at, at YouTube.com. Hello.
2: How are you? What was that, what was that opening <laughs> clip? That was fantastic.
1: Well, that, according to YouTube, if you believe the internet, which I do, everything is true on the internet, uh, that is the audio of the introduction to YouTube's first television appearance on, I believe, The Late Late Show. Uh, I forget the host name. Somebody's going to be mad at me right now because I don't remember it off the top of my head. David something, but he doesn't, remember, he doesn't actually know YouTube, so he asked a journalist to introduce them, and that's what he said.
2: So, oh, that's awesome. Before
1: they played, <laughs> they went into Stories for Boys, which sounds, if you've never, ever listened, I'll go find that link or uh, the video and, sh- and throw it in the, in the show notes so you can go watch it again. Because if you've never watched that appearance, uh, it, and then you've just recently watched maybe one of their recent tour <laughs> appearances, it's a startling kind of contrast. But you can see like, a little <laughs> glimmer of, of where they're coming from. So yes. um, And also joining us on this episode, first time at U-Tour, Christopher N- N- Andrenol. To get that right? Endrenol. Right. Yeah. You, go. you,
0: you got it.
1: A fellow Chris, a fellow uh, U2 fan. So tell us a little bit about where you are in the world and what uh, your involvement is with at U2.
0: Uh, I am uh, currently in Fort Myers, Florida. I teach music theory at Florida Gulf Coast University. Uh, I've been on the staff of at U2 since 2011. Um, I saw the call for staff members. Um, I think it was late 2010 or early 2011. Um, and I have of course, a personal connection to U2's music because I love it. But I also have a professional connection to their music because I wrote my music theory dissertation on U2's music. So I've got a personal and a professional
1: connection to this band we all love so much. Nice. And so that was a while ago now, right? The dis-
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, I finished it in 2008.
1: Okay. And do, do you get it like a passing grade or is it a... <laughs>
0: uh, well, yeah. yeah, actually at at the end of my defense, my committee said that i i did fine and um after just a few revisions um i would be doctor and all, so oh, there that you was go. Pretty cool. yeah that is awesome yeah
1: it's pretty neat doctor of u2 that's awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's actually what my mother-in-law um said i got my phd in for a while she said i got my doctor <laughs> in u2 which would be pretty awesome if that were the case all <laughs> yeah, right how cool is that <laughs> yeah
1: it'll happen i'm sure eventually here <laughs>
0: Doctor you YouTube Studies, sure. It's
1: good. All right. We, one thing we thought we'd mention briefly, just because uh, we had some questions maybe about this, we're, the At YouTube podcast is not recorded live in studio. Maybe if you listen to uh, the you, Talking two to Me and You or whatever, that podcast, the interview with, that they actually had with the band, they're in studio. We don't have that luxury. We're actually just recording over Skype and things. So we're, I've, we've actually never met. Some of us have met. I've never met most of them, uh, all of them. I think. So, just so you're aware, I guess, of how podcasting maybe works, is if if the at you two podcast is your introduction to the world of podcasting, we're just sitting in each of our basements or our offices or wherever, talking into microphones, staring at the wall, and <laughs> just having right. a chat that you're happy to eavesdrop on. And uh, so,
2: and it's pretty safe to say that no member of you two is about to walk in and join any of us in our <laughs>
0: podcasting tonight. <laughs> Not tonight. Not this time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> not my base. i don 't know about you guys, but my basement office is not quite the illustrious electric ladyland studios that they're in <laughs> no. all right so on that note let 's jump right into checking our inbox uh feedback and questions we 've had to the hashtag ask at u two and uh first one is from at charoff u two is the only group I know of that adds snippets to their songs Have they always done this Is it on purpose uh matt how about you what do you th- what do you think of this
2: the um it's funny. That's if I ever get a chance to interview, no, that's one of the questions that I'm going to ask him. You know, why did? Well, not when did you start? Because we actually know when he started. Um, if you if you go to tours. dot two. dot com, you can kind of start digging through early dates. And as far according to our records, the very first snippet was September seventh, nineteen eighty, London. He did a snippet of "Send in the Clowns" during the Electrico. So. Has have they always done it? Yeah, they've always done it. He's always done it since 1980. This started, and I'm, so I'd love to know why. Like, what what prompted him at that point to start doing to start doing the snippet? And now it's kind of become, you know, you you guys have been to shows. It's kind of become, I think, um, a way that he sort of pays you know, name checks people who are in the building and pays tribute to some of his favorite artists. So, you know, like, uh, I think Roger Daltrey was at one of the New York shows. So he did a bunch of who snippets and, uh, you know, Bruce Springsteen was at the last show. So he did a snippet of hungry heart and all that sort of stuff. So, um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's fascinating that, um, that it's, you know, since 1980, he's been doing this. And I just, I'd love to ask him, like, what prompted you? And, you know, why do you continue to do it so often?
0: Yeah, I I think it's really cool. I, I, I love it when he does this. Um, I also know of um, a couple other bands, um, in particular, the Counting Crows. I've, I've seen them several times live. And I know that Adam Duritz Uses snippets from other from other songs and other artists and other Counting Crows songs um, when he sings, and I I, I find it fascinating how um, how these frontmen can just weave in lyrics and melodies from other songs and even other artists almost on the spot. I, yeah. think I think it's fantastic.
2: Yeah, I think and I think like that's that's one of the things I'd ask Bono too is like how much of it is you know, prepared and planned versus, you know, kind of spur of of the moment thing, because there were some shows on this tour where he would see a sign in the audience. Like, I think there was one show where somebody was holding up a sign saying, ultraviolet light my way. And so he's saying, you know, baby, baby, baby light my way or something like that. And so, yeah, yeah. And it just, I mean, it just sounds like it, it fits so naturally. So that's, it's it's a, that's a cool question.
1: Yeah. And that sort of like the rehearse spontaneity thing that they often sort of do uh right. or, like making it feel like it's the first time they've ever done this but then it actually isn't and um and what yeah wondering like okay do they say like okay, edge i'm gonna do this little snippet here of this song so just play a little longer for this part and that's where as a musician i'm always curious how that interplay works because you don't get to see often like say on tour videos and stuff there you don't get those close-ups necessarily on those moments or whatever of between edge and bono or whatever um and so it's always I'm just like you. I'm curious how that all goes down and plays out backstage or beforehand and things like that. So, right. Uh, Next question was from at Wilo seventy four. Any news rumor on what's happening with the Dublin IE shows? Seems weird. They have still not been confirmed.
2: Yeah, it is. It is weird. Um, I think you know what. I think. Well, I mean, we we know they've kind of said in some interviews, uh, you know, previously that the problem is that this production doesn't fit in the what's it called now the 3 arena uh used to it's you know on the side of the point depot that's you know they're they've redone it a few times i think um it it's too it, it doesn't fit there cuz that arena is unlike north american arenas that arena is already sort of on its side if that makes sense so like the stage <laughs> the stage Instead of being the you know the stage at one end in that arena, the stage is sort of I'm not I'm doing a terrible job of describing this. Anyway, the floor (laughs) edit all that out, Chris. (laughs)
1: We'll fix that (laughs) first. The
2: the floor the layout of that arena just is not going to work for this for this um, production that they have. So. I you know I think they've said that they have to either you know do a completely different show or find some other way to do it. My guess is that they're going to announce it but I mean they're really good at announcing shows when you know in conjunction with momentum that they have. So my I don't think there'll be any announcements until the next the European tour starts. I w- I wouldn't be surprised if all if there's some announcement right after the tour begins. Uh, next month because there'll be all sorts of media attention on them you know first shows of the leg um, and that's when you know that's how they do things that's when they will make an announcement if they're going to if they're ready to make such an announcement
1: yeah or coinciding maybe with like a a new album release or something along those lines that may happen or whatever at some point down the road but yeah definitely you have to know that they will do a show in dublin uh, if uh, i mean worst case scenario they strip the tour back and do something outdoors or whatever who knows but um, definitely will happen all right uh, at Jose Cazera's seven <laughs> have subscription gifts been mailed out yet I'm assuming this is related to the ut.com subscription maybe is that what
0: I think so yeah and um, I have seen people online post pictures and videos of their of their um, freshly pressed vinyl but I have not gotten it here in southwest Florida uh, it has actually a- waiting though
2: yeah, it has arrived here in Eastern Washington, at least uh, at U2 headquarters. I have not opened it, however, because I don't have a, a record player to play it. So it's I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of strange that you know who's getting it and who's not. And I would suggest to anyone listening. Um, uh, Sherry Lawrence from our staff uh, was tweeting quite a bit about it today about. You know, trying to get information about you know has it shipped or has it not shipped and when is it going to ship and all that sort of stuff. So you might connect with her on Twitter. She's at uh, she's at atu2comsherry on Twitter. So you might uh, connect with her if you have questions about that.
1: Yeah, and uh, definitely yeah, we'll uh, be sure to post anything that we hear in the future about that. But uh, I'm sure anxious for fans awaiting subscription gifts. Uh, last question for this segment, anyways, from jab w 10 <laughs> i never know how to say something <laughs> who are your our who are our euro contacts slash who to follow for the next leg of the tour matt any guesses or suggestions
2: well that's the cool thing about uh how things work in europe is that there's you know pretty much you know most of the big countries there there's a dedicated fan site um for for each country so um uh, you know for you know for the german shows obviously u2tour.de is going to have a big presence there i'm sure and there's French website, U2Octung.com, I believe, uh, is one of the French sites. Um, U2Gigs, I believe, is based in Germany, I think, Matthias is. And so I'm sure they're going to be at a bunch of shows. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and, I, you know, there's Italian fan sites and, and Greek fan sites. So there's, I mean, that's one of the really cool things about when they're in Europe is that there's different... You know, different websites, uh, you know, able to give some real cool coverage of specific shows.
1: And certainly the at YouTube pod, or Twitter account podcast. Oh, yeah. Also, but we'll retweet stuff. And, you
2: know. Yeah, I've, I apologize. We have some staff over in Europe as well. Duh. Wow.
1: I didn't want to point out the obvious because you are the boss. So I... Gosh,
2: you just just fire me now. Holy <laughs> smokes! So anyway, yeah, we have some staff over in Europe and um so some of our folks will be going to shows as well and so we'll be posting uh videos and you know concert recaps and tweeting and photos and all that sort of stuff as best we can from uh from the shows that our crew is going to
1: yeah and obviously time zones and things will play a factor in that as somebody's awake and somebody's not but and i'm sure just like in north america here there'll be plenty of periscopes and uh people doing meerkatting and stuff from the shows and yeah Exciting to see, uh, as we've talked about many times already on this show, is exciting to see how they change they will change the show for Europe and what elements get dropped, what elements get added. All that kind of stuff is just uh, kind of fun and, and not like days gone by when we had to wait for the tour documentary to, <laughs> to come out or someone to bootleg a shaky webcam sort of view from a, a concert out to us. We'll be able to probably see it as it happens. So very Cool. All right. So our next segment is the at U2 round table where we gather a few folks from the at U2 staff and chat about events going on in the U2 world. Uh, This week we're going to sort of piggyback part two, I guess, of our discussion we had last week about the 20th anniversary at U2 party. And, uh, Matt already had his say, so he doesn't get to talk.
2: <laughs> but, <laughs> based on based on my performance so far tonight, that's a good idea. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but we do have uh, uh, much like I think it was episode three. We have a, a pre recorded segment I did with uh, Sherry, who is obviously at the the show, the concert, the party, and uh, a little discussion about how it all came together, as uh, in her role as sort of organizer and helper of putting things together. That's that's probably not her official title, but <laughs> anyways, I'll I'll play her her chat that I had with her, and uh, and then we'll pick it up on the other side. That's a real Zoo TV moment.
3: Well, I am known as the party girl uh, on staff. <laughs> so we had trash, trash trampoline, and the party girl. Marilyn was trash. Uh, Michelle Watson was trampoline, and I I'm always the party girl on staff. If you wanted to introduce me as such.
1: Well, welcome, welcome to. The podcast again, Sherry, the party girl of At U2. <laughs> you were on last episode, so I won't, I won't do the big, long introduction, but uh, welcome back to the show. And, Thank uh, you. We are uh, especially happy to be chatting with you because we had some exciting stuff happen at the At U2 20th anniversary party last week that uh, I'm sure most of the f- listeners or readers of At U2.com are are well aware of. But in case you haven't heard at all, um, Sherry was the one who sort of helped piece some of the pieces together, I guess. And so I wanted to chat with you. You wanted to come on and sort of chat about some of how that all went down from the organizational planning perspective. So walk me through, I don't know where a good place to start is in terms of your Wednesday activities.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, um, to begin with, I, I am probably uh, the most irrational YouTube fan you'll probably ever meet. Um, so I like to dream big and I thought, um, if you don't ask, then the answer will always be no. So when the African wealth fund approached us about the potential of, um, handing Bono personally his birthday card, I thought, well, let's just ask the worst that could happen is no, but if we don't ask, then the answer will most definitely be be no, so they submitted their request, and then um, and then I I uh, um, submitted another request on top of that, so that management knew that we were open to having this as a possibility. Being the event organizer, we were okay with um, with the uh, charity of choice that that we were benefiting um, using our event. Um so the um opening line that I used in both email and in print was Bono has announced from the stage that U2 is available for weddings and bar mitzvahs how about birthday parties And that's how it started. You know, it kind of helped following the tour around and knowing what the Bonoisms were. And, uh, that, that was the line that stuck with me. So throughout the whole process, we were told, you know, you have a million in one shot. There's, there's no way with the, with the schedules and security and this, that, and the other. Um, maybe we could do like a video hookup or, or, you know, the band really loves you guys, but we just don't think it's going to work. And, um, And I was like, okay, you know, the rational side of me was saying, I get that, I understand that, they're very busy people and and, uh, all things considered, we're small potatoes in the grand scheme of things. And then that day on Wednesday, um, they were doing an interview with Sirius XM for the upcoming town hall that they're um, broadcasting on the Spectrum station um, this upcoming Friday, August 7th. And then Edge and Bono were out on Ellis Island doing an art for amnesty uh, presentation with Yoko Ono. So, you know, looking at their schedule, I'm like, yeah, you know, they're going to be busy. There's no way. And then I got pinged via email um, with a list of um, management and PR people al- along with a, you know, once again, we're sorry, but the band can't show up. And I was like, okay, I get that. And that's the irrational side of me. But the irrational side of me was like, they are not going to let us down. I asked big, this, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Come on. <laughs> this has got to happen. So even Meanwhile,
1: though, I'll just interject and ask some of the questions. So even though yeah. uh, you're getting all signs saying no, there's still a, a part of I'm, you that's saying yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Deep, deep, deep in, in the deepest depths of my heart. I'm like, they would not let us down. Please, 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 please. (laughs) And so, you know, throughout the night as, as things were happening, um, you know, I didn't want to accept that it wasn't going to (laughs) happen, you know, and that's quite irrational when everybody's telling you no, and you're saying, Oh no, 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 no. It's a yes. It's a yes. It's gotta be a yes. Um, so as, um, as Matt uh, uh, wrote in in this past Sunday's OTR about the whole um, schedule of things that happened when Dallas showed up um, and he sort of acted as a foil. He and I were, were on VIP patrol. So, you know, we're building um, um, a relationship with, with the new management team since, since the transfer from principal management happened. So we were waiting at the door to greet the new... Um, um, Team coming in to say thank you for you know um, um letting us. St- stay online, you know, let us buy you a drink. Let's do this. And so Matt was um, was told, no, 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 you don't need to stay at the door. And uh, um, we know our way around. We know what the people like like to drink. We know that you're being very um, hospitable and your hospitality is wonderful, but you don't need to be at the door. Well, I didn't get that memo because I'm stood at the top of the staircase waiting to to accept the um, the uh, VIPs in to personally bring them to our little area. So all of a sudden, I see the side door fling open and up comes band security whom I recognized. And I'm going, oh, my God, what, what, what wait, 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 wait. And so as one security member passed by me, I saw Adam. I'm like, oh, it's Adam. Oh, my God. And then I saw another security person. And then behind him, it was Edge. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, 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 oh my God. And then the line stopped. And I got to be honest with you. I'm going, wait a minute. (laughs) Is Bono and Larry coming separately? It didn't click that it was only these two. And they were the ones who I really didn't invite. (laughs) Because we had invited Bono. (laughs) Like, they're not going to take the African Well Fund's birthday card. Wait, Wait a minute. So as I'm stood there trying to get all of the logistics in my head saying, okay, so how is the Well Fund going to get their card? Wait a minute. The band just walked right by me. What am I doing stood here? So I didn't know that they were being whisked directly to the stage. So I'm following back in their footsteps to make sure that nobody else saw them come up, which they didn't. Um, so, so by standing where I stood, I was providing extra um, um, screen so that people couldn't see past me to see what was really going on. So, by the time I got over to our VIP area, that was when Edge had taken the stage and Adam was just coming on stage. So, I hightailed it down the flight of stairs past all of, all of their security to help with the surge that had happened around. The side of the stage is everybody's taking pictures and 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 the roar was incredible. So I'm trying to push push the people back into um, the rest of the venue to give a bit of space. And then I realized, well, maybe I shouldn't be stood here. Even though I am the event organizer and I have every right to stand here, I don't want to upset band security by being in an area that I just told everybody you can't be in. So, so I... I go over and I high five Matt and Matt is, is completely stunned. He, he is standing there in this state of shock as is just about the rest of the at you two staff. The, the unforgettable fire folks are also in, 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 in this place of amazement, which you all can see on, on the videos that are online, but I'm still in event planning mode. So I, I go up, up, up the stairs and I realized, okay, good. We got the Periscope stream going. My husband is videoing it, um, um, for, for, for us because I usually videotape all of my events anyway, since I'm working them, I don't get to see how it all works out. So that's how at U2 was able to have up our video of the whole thing from up in the balcony because he was already recording the event as it was happening for our own personal use anyway. So I stood there and, and I was still trying to figure out, is this really happening? Did they actually did come? And then I'm thinking, oh, well, they got in. How are they going to get out now that everybody knows that they're here? <laughs> right. So I spent the rest of the time making sure that their um, that their um, 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 exit path remained clear which it did. But I was still in the moment of, this is my event. I need to make sure that everybody is safe and secure and that everything goes off smoothly. So I, I didn't get a chance to really enjoy it until after the event concluded. And I was watching it on video, even though I was there, you know? So there's a part of me was like, you know, anybody who thinks that I really knew that this was happening, do you think I would have been positioned where I was positioned? Hell no. (laughs) I would have been down there with everybody having a blast with everybody else, but it, it all happened so fast. Um, and once they left, I was talking with the people at, at the cutting room who worked there and they were getting pinged left, right and center from, from musician friends and industry people saying, I heard what happened at the cutting room. Oh my God, why didn't you tell us? Well, they didn't know either. Yeah. They had no idea. So, um, um, the highest, uh, uh, um, uh, form of, of, um, respect that happened that night was that the fans didn't, climb up on the stage. They didn't, I mean, I mean, as much as they pushed towards it, they didn't rush the stage. So Adam and Edge could perform. There is no real security issue. People were respectful. People were excited and and thrilled. And, um, and even the own staff at the cutting room said never in all their years of doing Uh, shows there, have they ever heard a roar go through their facility uh, um, so loud and with such passion as what happened when everybody realized Edge and Adam were on stage, nor could they believe that there were no security incidents that had happened. And that is high praise for... for the u fans that follow these guys, for all of our staff who helped uh, um, coordinate it. And uh, and for me, that's the satisfaction in knowing it was a job well done. Um, but yeah, like I said, I was in complete event planning mode from beginning to just about the end. And it didn't really impact me until a few days later that oh my God, they actually did come. The irrational fan side of me won out. <laughs> Take that rational brain. The <laughs> heart go. wins. The heart wins all the time.
1: <laughs> and so they literally, and like, this is a conversation that will be interjected in the roundtable discussion that we'll have with some of the other at U2 staffers that were there. But, um, so we may have talked about some of this already, but they literally just came to the stage and then left and, and not, I don't mean that in like a, those jerks but I like because it's incredible that they came in in the first place but it was literally that quick like it wasn't uh, they didn't it sit was. around and have a drink with you guys or something oh, it no. was just like now we're gone
3: <laughs> no no um the the unforgettable fire they got pictures um um guitar was autographed all that stuff but that was very much done in the moment in front of everybody which was awesome um we had the opportunity to at least do a couple handshakes a pat on the back but that was it. It was in, out, boom, done, and um, and that's the only way that it could have happened. There's no way had they hung around for even a minute, um, people would have figured out where they were and 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 all that stuff. And kudos to the unforgettable fire. They kept um, the show going. They didn't really uh, break. Um, their their um, characters, so to speak, you know, um, um, they didn't have a complete and utter freakout. They played along professionally and brilliantly and kudos to them. Uh, um, It was because of their ability to keep the music going that everything went as smoothly as they did. So um, um, I've got um, high praise for them and, and just high praise for the fans who came out that night. You all showed such respect towards Adam and edge and, and all of the staff there and to you two's own, um, crew management PR at, 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 at Maverick and um, Nasty Little Man and uh, RMP who all organized this. And from the look of it, it looked like they had organized this for, for a long period of time. Um, and they kept the secret and I'm glad that they did. But I would have appreciated just a little tip off, like even three minutes ahead of time so I could have been somewhere else. But, you know... <laughs> Uh, um, always the bridesmaid and never the bride you
1: know? <laughs> yeah well there's always it's like the, a scene out of, the 25th it was like, anniversary party
3: yeah it, yeah yeah exactly but it definitely felt a little bit like um, um, uh, a scene out of um, Spinal Tap you know it, it was it was just everything came together so brilliantly but I wasn't where I really wanted to be yeah <laughs>
2: Listen, man. I don't need a I'm
1: with the band. Okay. Thanks, Sherry, for your uh, feedback and, and story on how things went down at the 20th anniversary party, and uh, and definitely your role in organizing that. I know, Matt, you had a few comments on that.
2: Yeah, it's. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's amazing. If you've never put on an event, it's hard to really understand how much work goes into it. I remember the very first event we did when Sherry was. Uh, on board, and I just you know I just thought okay so we're gonna I think it was I think it was like the maybe it was the album parties for How to dismantle an atomic bomb I could be wrong on that Sherry would Sherry would correct me if she was but anyway you know and so I'm just saying, all right we're just gonna have a little party we've got a place reserved and you know this is what time it starts and we're gonna play some music and we're gonna you know, and we're gonna order some food and that's it and, and that's all I thought was involved and. Thank God she was along uh, organizing this stuff because there's so many moving parts that have to go into an event like the party that we had in New York a couple weeks ago just to make everything come together and fit right. And she is – I mean she's so talented at this and – Literally, it would not be possible if she was not on the staff. And so just, uh, you know, hopefully she'll tune in. I don't know if she listens to the YouTube podcast. <laughs> I hope she does. It's in the contract, <laughs> uh, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't require that. Okay, <laughs> But like seriously, we all owe her such a huge, uh, huge thanks and gratitude because she busts her butt to put these events on and they just go so flawlessly and people have no idea the amount of planning and organization and scheming and all that sort of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. And she, I mean, she had, she and, and Steve, her husband too. I mean, he's, you know, he's a uh, part and parcel of it as well. The two of them, they had, you know, just all the little decorations. Like there were little Chris, weren't there, there were little,
0: um, like mirror ball.
2: What were, yeah. Little, oh, what, little, little, little,
0: um, like lemon desktops. mirror ball um, centerpieces on 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 the tables. It was yeah, it was just, just little just, details just, like that. Really, exa- really. Put, she thinks of together. all the yeah. She thinks of
2: all the little details, and not a stone gets unturned to put these events on and make them memorable. And so, you know, she's awesome. And thank you, Sherry. Everyone, you know, needs to give her thanks for that. So, yeah,
0: I think it speaks volumes about her planning. The fact that the party went really, really smoothly, and everyone had a great time. Of course, because I mean, you know. Edge and Adam showed up, obviously. But um I mean had they not, it, it still would have been a fantastic party. So
1: that's true. Kudos.
0: And Chris Chris ends, we
2: need to we need to talk about who we have on the podcast with Well
1: I know I was that was the perfect segue there. The you've heard um, if you played the video at all, the YouTube video uh from when Edge and Adam appeared, you no doubt heard Christopher's uh um what's Moderate excitement, I guess, is a good way of (laughs) putting.
0: You are being kind.
1: (laughs) And I'll, I'll, uh, I'll throw it in here. I don't have the the clip right now as we're chatting, but I'll, I'll throw a little audio clip in there of of Christopher, so people can know exactly what we're talking about. And. to the video so you can watch that but um, yeah Christopher you were I guess describe that moment that at the at U2 party that uh, when you realized it was actually Adam and, and the Edge that were playing and not just fake Adam and fake the Edge
0: right well I, you know it, it started um, the, the excitement started building when um, when I and a few of the other at, at U2 staffers saw Dallas um, at the side of the stage and we were we were all fixated we're like oh my god that's, that's, that's a member of the inner circle here at our party. That's really cool. And, you know, he was, he was messing with guitars, and so we were thinking, oh, Dallas is going to play. That's, that's cool. That's really, really neat. So we were so fixated on Dallas that we didn't see Adam and Edge walk in literally right behind us. They walked in behind us and walked down the stairs to the stage. So they, I mean, Dallas was a perfect distraction. Um, and then... And then they, and then at, and then Edge walked on stage, and I, I, I don't remember much except losing my mind, um, <laughs> because you know that that's that's the most close that, that's that's the closest I've ever been to Edge, um, and you know it, it was such an intimate atmosphere, and for them to just literally just walk on stage and start playing was it, it was mind blowing. I I I watched the video again today, taking a break from school stuff, and I was I was giggling. Because it was it was just such a crazy crazy experience, and you know, of course, I had hoped I and I'm sure the rest of the staff ho- had hoped that the band would do something, would give a shout out, or you know, maybe show up and and you know, show their face or or something. But hope is different from expectation, and I didn't expect the band to to come at all. Um, so to have two of the members not only show up but Play two songs. That's uh, it's a moment that I'll never forget.
1: And that's where somebody like for myself who's just watched the video. And when you're watching the video on YouTube, like you already know what's going to happen because I see in the title the Edge and Adam Clayton surprise. So like I know that they're going to walk on stage. And so even seeing Dallas Shue, Dallas Shue, uh appear, I was just like, well, yeah, that's he's there because he's checking in the gear for the Edge. And that's what I think. <laughs> what I wanted to ask last week and, and forgot, but just for you guys who are there, it it is like. Like for me watching, I was like, well, obviously Dallas is leading up to the edge and that's what's going to happen. And then the crowd's going to go nuts. But like just Dallas walking on stage was like a kind of a blow your mind kind of cool thing in its own right. Right.
0: It was, it was. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, to, to answer all of the, all the skeptics, we had no idea that edge and Adam were going to show up, which is why I, I said, oh my God, about a billion times, um, (laughs) because had we known obviously my reaction would have been would have been different but what you saw um on the video and and what you heard was just it it was 400 diehard youtube fans um getting the surprise of their life
2: there was um the 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 whole thing with with the two of them showing up on stage got a lot of press coverage um right like la time rolling stone obviously rolling stone uh uh, did an interview with me the next day and that got published on their website and the LA Times picked it up and some other stuff. There's there's a website uh, called Under the Radar. It's undertheradarmag.com. Um, and Chris Enns, I'll send you the link to this so you can put it in the show notes. And so they wrote about uh, a story about Edge and Adam Clayton's surprise uh, you 2 cover band on stage at site Party. In the second paragraph, this is how famous Chris Endrenal is. <laughs> it says, as you can see in the fan shot video below, the crowd lost it. You can hear one fan repeatedly say, oh my God, when he works out what's happening.
0: <laughs> yep, that's me. That's me. And and I saw actually one of the first uh, comments on um, on our YouTube video of it is, um, at about a minute thirty, when I first start saying "Oh my God," the the commenter says, and at a minute thirty, some guy wakes
1: up. Yeah, I just noticed that. <laughs> one forty is actually when one minute forty, but man wakes up. Oh my God.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was it was it was crazy. You know, it, it it was um it was just a moment of unadulterated joy, really.
1: Yeah, and I th- that's what I think is so. Like, why I think even as at U2 readers and fans, and just YouTube fans in general who watch this it's like a universal experience of like, that is exactly what I would be doing as well in that yeah. moment. Cause you just be like, that's not really that. No, that's like, that's gotta be the fake edge. There's no way the edge is actually right here in front of me. Like, and just your mind kind of trying to wrap yourself around that is like, yeah. no, this isn't happening, but it is.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. It, it was, it was surreal.
2: <laughs> I look, I, I didn't say it out loud, but I was thinking everything that Chris said. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's the perfect reaction, It's was like no. Yeah, I,
0: I yeah, and um there there were lots of things that the mic didn't pick up, thankfully, uh, it's <laughs> definitely not safe for work,
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go, so um any other comments on the on the party itself, Christopher, from your perspective that besides obviously the the stuff that uh, sherry's mentioned and, and what we've been chatting about right now, but anything else that stood out for you
0: uh it just it, just the entire experience about being being in a small a small venue like that with fans, with diehard fans, you know, fa- fans who know this band intimately. Um, it it it's a it's a very different experience from being in an arena or being in a stadium. You know, being being close to um, to lots of other people who are who are into this music and into this band. Um, it's it's a great community. It it was a wonderful experience.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, that's a good way to close the book on that discussion. Anyways, for now, I know probably people outside the at two community are, are like, sick of yeah, us already of. T- talking about the department, yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, and we'll reference it every now and then. Christopher now is in, in the at two uh, email group. His signature is just OMG. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> which helps for to determine all the different Chris's apartment. Totally. Yeah. So that's great. Now moving on to the other topic for the round table is, uh, the last few shows in new york which we never actually got around to, to discussing last episode because we were just too busy OMGing about the, <laughs> the party um but uh christopher you had the unique experience of this being your first two shows of the of the tour or first two shows seeing you too i don't think
0: first two shows of the tour
1: okay yeah or the yeah, last there, two there in- were shows
0: seven and eight for me
1: right total yep. so talk a bit about what that was like i guess and sort of your expectations going in and yeah i don't want to preload you with Statements sure.
0: No, no. Um, well, when the tour was announced, I was a little crestfallen because I, I thought initially that I wouldn't get to go see this, and you know, I I I tried my I, I tried to talk myself into feeling okay about it, but you know, I, when U two is on tour, the only thing that U two fans want to do is go see U two, obviously, um, and and as the tour started and as I started reading um, about the show and watching. Uh, watching some videos, I, I, the the itch really really got to me, and and things ended up working out that I was able to fly to, to um, New York to to catch these last two shows, and it was, you know, it, it's it's one thing to read about it, and it's another thing to see videos and 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 hear audio of it, but it's it's another thing entirely to be in the arena, to see and hear and experience the show. It's uh, it's it's. It is sensory overload, really. So um, I think you have to see this thing more than once, and it's helpful, I think, to see it from multiple perspectives. As I got to do um, for the last two shows, I was on, I was in GA for um, for the seventh show, and I was up on the Chase Bridge uh, for the eighth show, and it's it's almost like two different shows um, being so close in GA, and then being up up in the stands um, for for the last show they they were both great experiences, but, uh, very, very different.
1: Yeah. That's where like, we've discussed on previous episodes, trying to like, uh, figure out for folks who maybe are seeing one show only, obviously in a perfect world, you'd see many shows, all the shows <laughs> or whatever. Right, right. Um, but if you had to pick between the two, I guess, and you're only able to get hit, get hit one show, where do you, where do you sit?
0: Uh, personally, I would sit farther back. Um, the screen is amazing, um, and it's hard not to look at the screen. Um, you know, and it, you want to look at the band and, and see what they're doing. Um, but the but the visuals are so captivating. But it's 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 not just the screen. It's it's the it's the stage layout. It's it's the it's the theatrics of, of Bono doing his Bono thing on the E stage while the other three members are are on the i stage. Um, because there's so much going on, I think if you have only one show to see. I think, at least from my perspective, seeing it farther back so that you can take in everything all at once, and then if you're lucky enough to get to see a second, third, or you know, multiple shows, then start start moving closer. But um, for me, I thought I, I I had a I had a much better
1: experience uh, from afar. How about you, Matt? Just to I know you've commented on this before, but Sunny's.
2: Yeah, I, I'm. In all my experiences, are are down on the GA floor, and I would love to see it from the from the seats. I I like I've never seen other than on video or photos. I have never seen, um, you know, the yellow E stage lit up, you know, with with that lighting. I've never seen the lights that are on any of the stages. Uh, I mean, I've seen, obviously, the screen. I've seen the lights that hang from above the stage, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I agree 100% with with what Chris said. And I'm I'm glad, too, that he said that about how it's different – you know, watching the videos and listening to the live streams and all that sort of stuff. It to- and then it's totally different being in, in the arena because it's like, you know, I would, I would f- go to a show and get done after the show, and then I'd try to catch up on all the stuff that people are saying on Twitter. And I see people on Twitter saying, oh, you know, this set list didn't do anything for me. This show was boring. And I'm like, this show was fantastic. You know, you, you, you yeah. have to be in there. You, I just, I don't know. I, just, I don't think if you're not in the, the room... I don't think you have any business right. you know, judging the show on how good or bad it was because
0: right. it's fantastic in the room. I, I could not agree more. Um, and and that's, that's, that's part of the beauty of live musical performance, right? Regardless of genre, you know, whether it's classical, whether it's country, whether it's hip-hop, whether it's, whether it's U2, you know, we go to live shows for the experience of a live show, to be in a room or a stadium or an arena with lots of other people Focusing on this one band, and it's really loud, it's raucous, and you know that's that's the point. The point isn't necessarily to dissect set lists or or you know whatever. It's 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 to be in the moment, as as Bono said on that on that last show, and 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 to feel the music, not just to hear the music, not just to see the band, but to feel it, to 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 physically feel it in your body.
1: And that was also the, the second or the first show you saw was the one with the, which I don't think we ever talked about on the, on the podcast was the one with the sort of incident or whatever with the bike. So how (laughs) talk about that as somebody who's (laughs) in the audience. So just for people who aren't aware, um, Bono, the person who sort of rescued quote unquote rescued Bono when he fell off his bike and hurt his arm and had to have serious surgery and stuff, uh, was at the show along with some of the firefighters who also came eventually to, you know help them obviously as you would not because he was Bono, but just because that's what people do to help people or whatever. But anyways, take it from there, Christopher.
0: Yeah. Well, um, i I was actually pretty close to the firefighters and pretty close to, um, to the woman who, um, who made the call. And, you know, I, I thought at first it, it was great because Bono was saluting the firefighters. The firefighters even, um, you know, handed Bono a cup of uh, Jameson, and Bono was sipping as 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 they were talking. You know, the firefighters took took the mic, and they were they were great. You know, they were they were on the mic for about twenty seconds, and the Bono gave the mic to the lady, and I thought you know it was going to be a sweet little fifteen, twenty, thirty second shout out to Bono, whatever. Uh, but things things went off the rails in a hurry. Uh, she just she she didn't say the right thing <laughs> in the right place at all. Uh, I I don't think she meant to insult new york and oh i do (laughs) but but she did and it did not go over well and um if people have read um read coverage about that 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 said that the booze drowned her out it's true i was i was probably 20 feet away from her on the floor and the booze were loud because you know i mean she just she she shouldn't have said what 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 she said (laughs)
2: Bono will never give the mic away again. It's just, it's, <laughs> no. you know, I mean, that's, look, I, 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 you know, my background is in TV broadcasting and I used to do TV news and radio and all this sort of stuff. And that's like one of the first rules they teach you, you know, when you're in journalism class is you don't ever hand the microphone over to the person, to another person, because the minute you do that, you lose control. So Bono learned his lesson. He'll never do it again.
0: Yeah. You know, it, <laughs> and it's, it's that Bono was trying to show love to her, of course. And, and yeah, and- he was. Bono was also trying to show that that he trusts the audience, and in the in the Raleigh show at 360, he handed the mic to somebody and oh, he said, that. "Dude, be cool." And my wife and I were well, my she was my girlfriend at, at the time, who's not my wife. We were we were at that show and, and we looked at each other and we gave us and, and we gave each other a look, saying, "Oh boy, here we go," because we knew that this could go one of two ways: either it could be really cool, or it could be a train wreck. That show in Raleigh. That guy was really cool. Yeah. In New York, the woman was not. That's
2: mm-hmm. right. That's a, I'm no. glad. That's right. I totally forgot about that. But I remember also being amazed when he he sort of tossed the microphone to the guy like you know yeah. th- two or three rows back you know on the on the thing yeah that was really that was a cool moment and yeah. I, that was
0: yeah you're good you know good, and, and it, it was it, it was cool to see someone of Bono stature you know frontman of the biggest band in the world openly trusting the audience to be cool. And I don't know if he'll ever do that again <laughs> yeah. because the trust was broken. It was, you know, and it only takes one to, to break the trust.
1: Yeah. yeah. So. Were you able to see like, was there, cause it's amazing to me that it went on as long as it did and that they didn't just like kill her mic or, you know, Bono, like obviously he didn't want to make a big scene by trying to grab the mic back or something and right. try to give her a chance to not hang herself, so to speak with what she's saying. But was it, like awkward. I don't know. Did you look over at the edge or anybody else and just kind of see like wh- what's going on? Or
0: <laughs> well, um, Larry was face palming because Larry yes, he was. Larry couldn't believe. Um, Edge Edge was kind of making a face like goo, yeah. and um it, and it, it Bono was, even Bono even mouthed to himself. Well, note to self. Um, thinking you know I'm 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 thinking that he made a note to himself saying Ooh, I I probably shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, you know, I and I was right
2: I was here. positioned on um. Like halfway in between the main stage and um and the east stage. So and I was on Edge's sides, the south side. And so I remember at one point Bono so Bono had his back to me while he is, you know, looking at the fireman and looking at the girl and they're talking. And I remember at one point Bono turned around to look towards uh, Larry and the Edge and he just had this look on his face like, Oh my gosh, I really screwed up. Yep. So it was, yeah, there, it was, it was very awkward and they knew that, that it was turning South pretty quickly.
0: Yep. Thank goodness they played Elevation afterwards. Cause that, because, you know, her, her comments ground the show to a halt. I mean, it, it, yeah. it stalled all momentum. And so, you know, the, the crowd felt that, felt that too. And so the band felt that I'm sure. Yeah. And so they, they played a rousing rendition of, of, of Elevation. So it, they uh, did a good job of of getting the show back on track. Yeah.
1: yeah, you can only imagine the conversation Larry would have had with Bono after that. Right? Oh, <laughs> you <I can> imagine. You <laughs> must have been just dying inside. But they, and they also did a couple other notable mentions. You know, obviously New York and and people have probably seen all this. But having uh, the revisiting the Zoo TV satellite of love duet, faux duet with Bono and Lou Reed, um, and then Paul Simon obviously coming on as well and then Bruce Springsteen in the the final show. And is there sort of a, when you're there, an expectation that these things are going to happen and you're looking for celebrities who are going to pop up on stage or whatever, or is it just kind of a nice surprise when that happens?
0: Well, for me, it's kind of like with the anniversary party. You always hope something cool is going to happen, but to expect it is to set yourself up for failure. However, that being said, um, the rumors were so... Strong about Bruce coming up on stage for that for that last night, um, that you know I did kind of expect it, and then when he when he referenced um, uh, Springsteen's lyrics earlier in the show, yeah, yeah, we 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 we're all like, okay, then Bruce is definitely going to come out, um, exactly. (laughs) But you know, again, it's 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 managing your expectations as an audience member, you know, um, which is hard to do for a band like you because they 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 consistently. Um, shattered expectations. You know, they 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 always raise the bar for for themselves. So, you know, I always hope for something cool. I always hope for for a neat celebrity shout out or even um, uh, performance, but never do I expect it.
1: Yeah, or, that's that's where I, I guess for my my perspective on those shows or that idea is like when I've seen them live, it's been in Edmonton. I referenced in a previous episode at a football stadium and in Canada, anyways, in Edmonton, the likelihood of some famous person (laughs) happening, happening to be at the show, (laughs) not putting down Edmonton, but just, and there's places in the U S too, in Europe where it's like, you're so far away from anybody, anywhere. Like the biggest star power was like referencing a hockey player who, who pitched, picked up Bono hitchhiking or something like that. And that's like this as famous or whatever as we got. But which is good. It's still a good show, but <laughs> it definitely wasn't Bruce Springsteen coming off on stage with you. Yeah, right. So right. Bruce,
0: Bruce was just the icing on the cake. That, that that last show was outstanding. It was really really good. Um, the seventh show I thought was 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 good, but the vibe and uh, the vibe in the GA audience that that night was a little weird for me. It so was. That, yeah. That's that's also part of the reason why um, why I I prefer. Watching this this tour from afar, I mean, that that last show, I, I, I sang every word. I mean, I, actually, I, I probably yelled every word, and I was hoarse for another four days after that because I was it, I was so into it. It was it was an outstanding concert.
1: Did you slip in at least one OMG?
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. The <Zing. laughs> <I love it.
1: laughs> one thing I've mentioned that uh, we've had questions from folks about: are they coming back? What's going to happen? Is there going to be more tours in North America, et cetera? More of this tour in North America. U2's um, official website and social media accounts, et cetera, sent out a message thanking the U.S. and Canada. I'm just reading from tours at, at u2.com, uh, also telling fans in those countries to see you soon. So, um, so there's obviously signs pointing to them coming back again, and, and everything's.
2: Oh no, for sure. So, yeah, it's, yeah. It makes it's sense, I, they I I don't think there's any question that they're going to be back in North America next year. It's just a matter of whether it's, you know, when it is. Is it the spring, summer, fall, who knows? But I think right. it's yeah, right. it's guaranteed they're going to be back. Yeah, they And they, hopefully, they, hopefully 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 they'll they'll play is. in cities, you know, I know I think we talked about this on the last podcast. Hopefully they'll play in cities, you know, down in Chris's area, you know, Florida, mm-hmm. Atlanta, you know, all the areas the south and the southeast that they didn't they didn't hit at all on this tour.
1: Yeah, save Christopher a, a flight or yeah, a
0: Yeah, seriously, <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will gladly road trip two hours to see you two, <laughs> or five hours even. Yeah, yeah.
1: totally. <laughs> I uh, I can empathize with that exactly. So, uh, cool. I think well that wraps up. I think our discussion. Anything else on the docket, Matt? That I'm forgetting as far as our roundtable. No, I don't That's think good. so. I think we covered it. Cool. Um all right. Well, what's as far as what's coming up on the At @youtube podcast, we don't know. We're <laughs> we're still planning the next week episodes.
2: We had we had a promise from Scott Aukerman, is he the one that Yeah, the, I was going to say from, from 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 are you talking to you too after they posted their podcast with with their interview with you 2 I used our Twitter account and said, you know, the obvious next step is that we have to get Scott and Scott on the At You Two podcast to talk about their podcast. And Scott Ackerman was all like, Yeah, let's totally do it. And then Scott, the other Scott, Scott, Adam Scott it's yeah. Adams. Yeah. Or Adam Scott, that's right. Yeah. I always want to call him Scott Adams for some reason. Um, <laughs> yeah. He just he hasn't responded yet. So we need to clearly put more pressure on them.
1: Yeah. So, so I referenced the tweets uh, in the show notes so folks can go see it. And then maybe, you know, just happen to mention, you know, at mention Scott Ackerman or Mr. Adam Scott on Twitter and just say, hey, it'd be great to see you guys, you know, pass the love down the the celebrity chain, <laughs> wherever yeah, we are, <laughs> somewhere down the chain. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I tweeted at them both saying, like, I hope you don't mind slumming it on Skype because we don't have the full studio that we're actually going right. to be in together. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so who knows? We'll see. But yeah, we do have lots of other stuff we're going to be talking about, segment ideas and roundtable discussions, uh, plenty, uh, plenty before the tour starts up again in September so we will definitely be back again next week with another episode um and yeah previewing the european tour and having a just sort of a roundtable discussion on what we think might happen and stuff like that um there's nothing notable on the U2 calendar right now you can always check the at u2.com site there's a U2 calendar there for tour dates for tribute bands and dates in the U2 family uh events and things happening so um other than that, I'll just mention, I guess, the uh, this show can be found at a few different places. Goodstuff.fm slash at U2 is where the podcast lives. This is uh, episode five, so you can put a slash five afterwards to see links that we discussed and play the podcast right on the uh, the old internet there. And uh, you can also follow at you 2 on Twitter, at U2. The hashtag we used for questions earlier in the episode that you can submit your questions to is hashtag ask at U2, and those will show up if you post them on Twitter, and uh, we'll use them in future episodes. We really appreciate everybody who's submitting questions. It's fun to have that interactive element to the podcast, and uh, we love sort of using that as a springboard to discussion, so keep those coming. You can also ask questions on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash at U2 com is where you can find that. I think... That's everything, Matt. Anything else in closing?
2: No, awesome. I'm glad we got to chat with uh, with Christopher about his uh, his OMG experience tonight.
0: <laughs> glad I could uh, glad I could provide uh, some more insights besides those three words.
1: <laughs> They're important three words, but yeah. yeah, it was good to have you fill in the a, co- a bit more color, I guess, there you on go. this episode. So, thanks, Christopher, and I'm sure you'll be back again in future episodes. And uh, thank you, folks, for listening. And until next time, have a great day. See you later. Bye.
0: I have to answer that again.